When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pick up your mic and let's go. Why are you so bossy today, dude? I have a game tomorrow. One of the two of us has to work on this Saturday. I actually have to work on this Saturday as well. I've got another podcast that I do. Two guests. You have to cut cut Kate's lawn. (laughs) Yeah, for some coins. (laughs) And now, look, I've canceled... uh, I canceled my estate plate, my estate planning meeting for this show today. So I feel like this is better uh, be good. This is kind of a reaction. Is this a reaction to uh, the show not being picked up? Now you're going to plan your estate? No, I haven't. I did my will like nine million years ago before my third kid. She's not in it. You know, apparently, I think I've left my children with one of my best friends and he doesn't even know it. You know, it's so just, funny to go back over that stuff. It's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> no, I know it's been. I mean, I think. I mean, ten years maybe, and I'm like, I gotta look at this thing. I don't even know what. I don't know who my kids are going to if I die. I, I don't know what's happening. I, I honestly think they're going to my friend Jesse, and really? he doesn't even know it yet. I mean, if Baron and I go down, he's just my kid's just going to show up on his doorstep. They can come here. Yeah. Um. So I got to figure it out. I got to. Why, I gotta why get do you not react to that? Can you not hear me? They can come here. Yeah, I don't want to touch that. I don't. I don't like that. Why? Because they'll they'll be all uptight and you know they'll grow up with you know really really hyper conservative values and yeah, yeah. parents who They're, love them. Parents yeah, they who won't. Are, parents they, who are they aware at night. They won't be. No won't be pro choice. <laughs> is that you that's how you got me pegged <laughs> do you know michelle at all have you ever met her no i do look you, you already have enough children you don't need mine um but by that point i mean we're talking your oldest is 13 unless this happens this week i can handle mm-hmm. let's say a 16 a 12 and a 10 year old that's easy. Where where are the boys going if you and Michelle croak? Uh to my sister, I believe. But, okay. You think? You're not sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't know. <laughs> to my ex-wife. <laughs> she said that would be amazing. She's like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> wait, who are these boys? Who are oh, those are Joe's kids. Yeah. No. It's I, a weird thing though, man, to plan that stuff you know it's uh, it's strange do you have the the first to die policy so if you go down everything funnels into aaron's bucket and then after aaron goes it goes down to the kids 
I think, you know, I, I think so. I, I, that's why I have to get back into it. I've Is your house lazy. in your name or the house in your and Aaron's names? It's in both of ours. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you? Maybe I can just skip the call. I bet. Are you planning my estate right now? Is this what's yeah. happening? Who's getting your tennis shoes? Ooh. I haven't figured that one out, but I got to write that in. Think of the inheritance you know. tax on that. Wow. I know. That's true. I got to go through every item. You better hope that your boys grow up with small hoof feet like you have. (laughs) (laughs) They won't fit. They can give them to their kids someday when they're seven. um, Have you left anything for me in your will? Uh, Just the pictures. Okay, I'll take that. Well, you know what like I'm going to do? I've had those over your head for so long. I feel like if I, if and when I die before you, because I'm so uptight, yeah. uh, I will send you the negatives and all the photos that I have on you. Oh, I, I, hey, I would welcome those to come out. At this point, anything that's going to give me some kind of press and maybe lead to work, I'll, I'll take it. So release them now. I don't even care. Here's the funny thing. People don't know sometimes when you and I are kidding. I don't have any photos on you. But if anybody's heard this podcast at all, they know that there's nothing really that I could hold over your head. You would, as you just said, you would welcome putting anything out there uh, to the world to view. So Mm -hmm. I I remember when we were talking about your mom and trying to get her as a guest, I said to you, you have to talk to your mom's people in order to contact her and then your people talk to your mom's people and then they ask if you can talk and i had two friends of mine that texted me and said wow that is so sad that oliver has to talk to <laughs> oh my god mom, i was like i was kidding we were kidding <laughs> that's why well, twitter I- doesn't work sometimes that's why social media that's why happy abandonment day didn't yeah. work for you because it's sarcasm it's sarcasm but no, a lot no, of the world doesn't either either get sarcasm or that's okay though it's like you, there's those few people who think that and it's like okay whatever you know for the most part hey guys you see oh, you're, dude. The, you're the first guest to ever wow, show up you're, ahead of time you're early man this yeah, is good I'm, wow how are wow. you i'm Jax, by the way <laughs> hi Jax. i'm joe that's oliver Hey Oliver, What's how up, you doing, dude? guys? Let me just gra- let me grab my cup of coffee real quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm in go, my, go, uh, go. I'm in my I'm in my man cave or garage. No, That's, you know, so uh, wow. let me, let me- uh, it's like a yeah, it's like a NASCAR pit right there. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, I got everything in here. Oh, oh god, Corvette. Wow, look at that. I got all kinds. We'll get into it. I'll those- be right back. Okay. okay. All right. Just, I need my coffee. Or it's yeah. Not no, hey. no, no. No, no. Go, it. go. I got to pee. I got to pee. Okay. Wow, cool, I love that. I love that he's early. That's great, man. It's a good I haven't sign. been early. I haven't been early for anything in really? my entire life. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Just, just finishing up on this will thing, though. You know, I, I'm. I, I do have a call to, you know, replan my estate. I am going to leave you something. Okay, I don't know what it is yet, but I swear to God, I'm actually going to leave you something in there. I got to figure it out, and then I will re- reveal what that is. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, I won't take them. Well, I don't care. You have to. Are you crazy? 
No, it's going to be some like drug thing or something that I have to take at your funeral. Can I speak? If this happens, if this comes to pass, can I right yeah. now mark myself down as one of the uh, speakers you, at your service? And eulogist? eulogist? Yeah. Can I is do that? that? Is, that the, is that the way it's called? Like a eulogist, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can eulogize me. Or I'll just MC. And now for yeah. uh, some more real touching <laughs> words about Oliver, here's his sister, Kate. Let's bring up his mom. Goldie, come on up. Oh, gosh. This is kind of morbid. I, 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 Rio I'm, wants I'm, to talk about her dad. Come on, kid. Get up here. I'm Quit your crying. Oh, Christ. Well, I'm leaving you something. Okay, I'll, I accept. I just, Will I'm you telling leave? you, if it's some sort of weird drug thing, I'm not going to take it. I'll just, it's I'll, put, a it drug a, thing. I'll put it in a <laughs> what frame. Is, and, and first of all, this, this, you, you have this, again, it, 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 you have this idea after all these years that I'm like a druggie. I like smoking my, my marijuana's and then maybe a little like chocolate mushrooms here and there. I'm not doing ketamine oh, or any sort meanwhile, of crack. Meanwhile, you got, or, you got a guy, you know, or Molly or, you, you know, got, you got a guy in a dad hat who just lit something up. Guys, in, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm a new dad. I'm a new dad. I got, you know, like I, I'm getting up early. I'm up at like five or six. I get up at five or six every day because I go to bed mm-hmm. kind of early. So uh, I get up at five or six, but I need that first cup of coffee and just a couple hits of a joint in the morning just to mm-hmm. make my day. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the coffee and the weed, they kind of like level me out. Yeah, no, I get it. Joe's like a joint. Oh, yeah, how I know. dare I, you, I you demon. I don't drink alcohol anymore. I don't do anything else. All I do is my occasional joints before I go to bed and once in the morning. Um, you know, I, I can get into why. I, I started about three years ago, to be honest. When my father passed away, I needed something because it was just, mm-hmm. it was brutal. And uh, was Did the weed actually help with that? Oh, my God. Yes. It, it not only helped with my anxiety, it helped with my marriage. It helped with oh, my good. friends. I mean, I'm just a calmer person. I don't let things bother me. I used, I have a very short fuse, very, very short mm-hmm. fuse, like my father. And uh, the weed, I probably wouldn't be with my wife right now if it wasn't for weed, to be really? honest. Really? CBD Why, but, stuff. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Because I'm, 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 I mean, if you've listened to the show or I mean, if you even haven't, I love my weed. You know, it's I have for a long time. I I think it's a beautiful medicine, right? So I do why, too. what what did it do for you? Oh, God, I mean, I, the list goes on and on and on. I I, I just I, I would love to be a support a big uh, endorsement ad for weed. Um, I have a hard time retaining information. Like I'm the kind of person that reads a book and I can read the same page five times and I have no idea what I read. So mm-hmm. it's tough for me. So the weed helps. Um, good. I get a, I get a good night's sleep with the edibles at night. I don't take edibles during the day because I'm, uh, I've done that. Uh, and I literally yeah. want to go into a corner and suck my thumb. <laughs> so I feel I like the few night. times that the, the edible thing, it, it's like shishito peppers to me. You eat five of them, nothing. And then <laughs> when you get to number six, oh, well, you're chasing all of a sudden you're, you know, you're talking to Jesus and Buddha in the same room and it, you just don't know when, what, how, or why with, with the edible thing. And it's just, it, I don't know. It's too much of a uh, roulette wheel for me. Well, you know what? It's all in dosed my, in out. In my heyday, in my heyday, when I, you know, my Hollywood fun days, I would take, I would take that kind of stuff during the day. Like I would just, just, but now being a father, I need my sleep. So 
I take it before bed and I don't wake up until six in the morning. And when I wake up at six, I'm like gun ho ready to go. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't no grogginess. No, I'm just like, I wake up like this and I'm like, all right, let's go. Did you, did, did you it, stop? Did you stop drinking? Yeah. I, I stopped drinking just because my, not because I, I dislike alcohol. It's just my body just won't accept it anymore. For some reason, yeah. if I have like a, I drink vodka and I drink vodka straight and mm-hmm. I've been drinking that for 20 years. And then one day, like about a year ago, I, you know, went out for a drink and I just couldn't, I had a sip and I got sick and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not feeling good. Went out and a couple nights later, had another one, got sick again. So I had to give up alcohol. I just, I guess my body just said, you know what? No more. So it's mm-hmm. a bummer because I like to drink, but I just can't do it. So that's why I smoke. I feel like we're in the uh, we're in the lobby and the doors are about to swing open to some self help or AA meeting uh, <laughs> as everybody walks in. As you guys are comparing notes, but I, I wanted to ask both both of you because I sit here in the heart of the Midwest. Jax, you're from Michigan. I am Moist from uh, Kentucky. Are, are are we are we in a place now? Are you guys in LA at a place now where you can talk maybe more freely about? weed and and i just being in the midwest i don't get it like it's not that big of a deal to to talk about it and maybe that makes its way slowly across the country maybe i just live in my conservative nest and i know oliver will hammer me on that or are we at a point no. where it's not that big of a deal to talk about you Listen, work for fox you know I mean, what i mean i mean yeah it, it, it depends on obviously where you, <laughs> you live obviously out. california is a very liberal place a very free-spirited you know, everybody's going to have their pros and cons about it. It's fairly new. It's it's this generation's gold rush right now. People are not sure how to handle it. Banks don't know how to handle it. Uh, it's not federally legal, but it's legal. And it's it's really shady. There's a very gray area. People are investing in it because we're not sure if it's going to grow. It's just a really weird thing right now. And we're in an area, a time, I think, where, um, you know, people are scared of it. But they're but they're they're saying oh I'm not going to do it but they're kind of want to do it you know what I'm saying yeah like they're just it's really scary and for me being in the entertainment industry um, I have to be careful you know on you know how I use it and whatever I mean then you can say well how come Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg are on it and they they're crushing it yeah they are but you just got to be very careful on on. I, I see. I, I think we. I think weed is just not taboo anymore at all. I mean, I can I, talk yeah. about it. Everyone can talk about it. People smoke it. You know, Chelsea, Snoop, Martha Stewart. Everyone. I mean, it's just. It's. It's it like. Is, is, it's like having a cocktail now. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that that stigma has 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 gone away. You know, maybe not. Maybe in the Midwest, Joe. I mean, do you still feel that even where you? Are I do. I think you? a lot. I think a lot of people. Because when we talked about this with regard to Michelle not being able to sleep, I had people coming out of the woodwork in St. Louis in this little community I live in offering us edibles for sleep and saying, oh, you'd be shocked at how many people in your inner circle are taking edibles, smoking weed, doing whatever. And I just had no idea. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that too. Um, I, you know, it's. I think it's all around me. I just think where I live, we don't really talk about it like the two of you guys are talking about it. I don't think it's a big deal. I'm not I'm not judging you, Jackson. I'll learn. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 healthy. It fights cancer. You know, I mean, they give it to cancer patients. It it, it kills cancer cells. It makes me happy. It's it's making my life better. So, you know, if it improves your life, I don't really see mm. a problem with it. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and it slowly makes its legalized way across the country. But you're right. My brother-in-law 
uh, as a part owner of a dispensary in Denver, like the the Mesopotamia, the the cradle of civilization for legalized wheat, and it's still kind of weird to talk about even in Denver and as you said federally it's one set of rules locally it's another set of rules and so you well, get banks and yes Denver Denver is a different breeding ground they laugh at weed they're on the they're on mushrooms now and mm-hmm. ecstasy they're trying to le- they're trying to legalize everything over there they're a different breed of people well they I mean, did they're, they're, I mean they they, were, they, de- they decriminalized uh psilocybin in Denver yeah and, and to me that that's pushing it I to, to me how how hey Jax? How do you feel as you look back and now that you've made the announcement, uh, you and Brittany, you're not going to be on the show anymore. The Vanderpump Rules. How, how do, I know? I, I that's why I asked. I feel like that's got to be a relief. It's a huge, huge relief um, for me when when we you know talked it with the producers and stuff. It just didn't make sense for me anymore. To be totally honest, I mean they just said, listen, you know if you're not really going to partake in any of this stuff. And I was battling them the last two years because I didn't want to shoot things. It just doesn't make sense for a 40 year old to be hanging out with a 20 year old and fighting and arguing. And like, I have nothing in common that the, the, the um, it was just, this, it was getting stretched and it just didn't make sense anymore. And I have zero interest in Hollywood lifestyle. I'm 40. I'm going to be a father. My focus is on that. It's just not fair to the show either to be like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this, but I'm only going to be able to do these, this, and this. So, you know, I was okay with the decision, you know, to hang it up. Because they um, want you to be you, right? Yeah, or what we've seen on the show. So that right. means you've got to be the shit stirrer. You've got to be the guy that's getting into all these controversies. And, and eventually, I don't care who you are, that has got to be so tiring, whether it's oh. real or fake or whatever it is, it's got to be so tiring. You have no idea. Not only do you have to film it, but then you got to rewatch it again six months later. So, like, you know, you God knows how they edit the show or whatever, and they're going to make you look how they want to make you. Doesn't matter. And you know, you know what, what frustrates me is people will be like, "Oh, Jax, you're crazy. You're off hinge. You're this." Well, yeah, you got to understand, we're filming hours and hours and hours of footage, right? So the TV show is only 45 minutes long. You got commercials in there. They're only showing when I'm at my peak. They never show how I got there or how I resolved the situation. They just show me going, well, yeah, I do look like crazy when you're only showing little clips of me. You didn't show me how I got there. If if people would understand why I was mad, they would be like, oh, okay. well, now we understand why he's acting like a crazy person. They never Mm -hmm. show that. You know, and it just wasn't fair to me. Like I said, it's not fair to my new my my son who's coming into this world. He didn't ask for this. So, like I said, we're not walking away from TV. We're just going to move on to something more family oriented, something that's just less stress, no drama. We don't have time for any of that anymore. And nothing against the show. Still going to be a fan. It's going to be nice to be able to watch it and tap in and tap out. But I just, you know. Fake have you signed? And all that. Have you signed NDAs? Like, do, can you can you give us? Can you talk about behind the curtain? I mean, or do you have to like keep quiet still about how I, I shit, how it all works? Bit, I kind of yeah. kind of keep a little bit quiet. Um, I mean, I can talk about certain things, but I just you know I I don't want to. The show was good to me. Um, I feel like you know they did no, me a I little. Mean, dir- it's, yeah, exactly. It's they just, did me a know, little look. dirty towards the end, but that's part right. of the business. That's yeah. there's nothing you can do. Um, I was paid a lot of money to be that douchebag, that villain, that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So of course I amped it up. It was part of my job. 
And, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, like, you it, know what you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. essentially, yes, it is an unscripted show. We are looking at reality, but everyone has their role to play. And it's right. a heightened version yes. of that person. I mean, is that sort of how it is? It's like, OK, exactly. Jax, you're this dude fucking ramp it up. Yes. And you're this girl and you're this guy. Bring it up. Yep. Right. I mean, is that you're creating conflict? Right. As because well. honestly, who's going to sit and watch me and you sit and braid each other's hair? No one's going to watch yeah. that. I got to <laughs> right. keep my job. I right. I, I got expenses. I, I got that. I like things. So I got to do what I got to do to make the show interesting. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think I did a damn good job of it. You know, I've, I was on the show for nine years. That's a long time. I made a lot of money. And mm-hmm. I was happy. But like I said, like sometimes, you know, the only thing I'm going to miss about it really is the is the paycheck. I just that lifestyle. When you hit a certain age, it's just I, I can't do it anymore. It, yeah. it, you know, they could they could double my salary. <laughs> I'd probably go back, but they could double it. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, being, what I'm saying is they could give me offer me a lot more. And I would just be like, listen, I, I can't do this, guys. I just can't. I can't be a father. And it's not realistic. It's not fair for the viewers. I, I haven't realistically worked at Sir in like six years. So it's like. I'm not, if I'm still 40 years old bartending and having conversations, trying to pay my rent and I'm not lying to the people anymore and trying to, no, no, this is real. And this is not real. It's just like, it's, it got too confusing. Are you trying to play in the space still though? I mean, are you thinking about doing something new, maybe a different kind of uh, reality yeah. show or unscripted show? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, my wife's about to give birth here in about two weeks. So, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, so is so Andy Cohen a- delivering your child? No, he's. Nowhere, not allowed near my house. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. He's a good guy, but you know. Um, yeah, but this is opportunity uh, to shift for you. Yeah, this is this is a shift. I, I you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to different networks. I, obviously, I'm a big HGTV guy. You know, I love you know fixing things up. I'm a, I'm a guys guy. I'm like you know, I'm really into obviously vintage nostalgic stuff. Um, fixing up things. I don't know. There's, there's a, there's some things going on that we're talking about. I can't really talk about. Actually, I have a meeting after with you guys with the network. Uh, my wife and I do. So um, it's, it, we're, we're lucky enough that people are reaching out to us now, which is nice. So we have the option. It's not like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It's nice that we have a little bit of a cushion and we have the option. Mm-hmm. You're making yeah, I mean, Oliver that would be, jealous. That would huh? be nice. So. <laughs> You're making Oliver jealous. <laughs> Why am I well, jealous, Joe? <laughs> just well, saying. I mean, I I'm need kidding. to work. I mean, he wants. I know. Well, you know, everybody wants a show, right? He's, he, he's referring to the fact that my 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 sitcom didn't get picked up. He's fucking. You're sticking the knife in, right, Joe? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not. But that's I'm part not of the game. At all. I mean, like you know, it sucks. You know, and, and when you <laughs> you know this world's not gonna this kind of job is not going to last forever so you got to always got to know man you know okay you signed up for another year hope it's not a longevity there's no you know but you just got to have to go with it but we knew that walking into this business we knew that no but but it's great because now you have an opportunity if you are doing something new to pivot right Right, i got actually you know what i got the title it's called gentle jacks that's the, new, that's the new. That's the new. That's the new title for the show. I thought. I, I actually thought I wanted to change from sh- from shots to tots. Right. Oh. <laughs> shots to tots. I like Shit, it. I thought it was cute. But what uh, came? But yeah, what like came said, first back then? Was it? Was it the job, or do they recruit you as? Sorry. A, start. Sorry. Over. What? What? What came first back when you started at Sir? Was it the? Was it the job at Sir, or was it? Hey, we've got a show. You're going to be a bartender at Sir. You know what I mean? Like what? Well, the shit. There actually was how it happened. Was I came to California? I was doing the modeling thing and doing commercials, 
And then I turned 30 and I just, I literally was going to pack up and move back home to Michigan or Florida. I just, it ran its course. I came to California to have some fun, do some modeling and acting. I turned 30. I promised my dad, like, you know, listen, it's time at, at a certain point I would hang it up and come back home and get a real job. My dad's a super conservative, you know, and he's he just, everything's by the book with him, which I love that about him. But, you know, I, I, uh, so there was a, there was about a six month in between where I was not doing the acting, the modeling, anything anymore, but I haven't moved yet. It was kind of the in-between. And my girlfriend, Stassi, at the time, was working at Sir, And I had some bartending experience. She's like, why don't you pick up a couple shifts on the weekends to make some extra money until you're ready to go, you know, move on. And okay. So I was like, okay. Uh, so I joined them. I worked at Sir for about a month. And my friends all worked there. We all worked together. We're a family. The show was not casted. It was not, there was no script in the beginning. There was no, we were just a bunch of friends that had a lot of drama. And, you know, Lisa pitched the show. I was literally, the funny thing about this is I had my car, when she pitched the show the week I came in for the, uh, I came in for the pitch to the network, I had my car packed up, ready to move to Florida. Like I was, I was out of here. And then, you know, I come in for the pitch and I'm just to the producers. I'm like, um, guys, my car's packed. I'm driving back to Florida. Um, so I'm just, you know, I've been shut down a lot in this town. So I'm just assuming I'm not getting this. So if I do, give me a call, right? They call me the next day. Jax, don't go anywhere. We got the show. And I was like, okay. So I got to unpack my car, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happened. Wow. Funny how that shit happens, right? You let you kind of let go and things come to you, you know. It's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. If you like conversations with incredibly interesting reality TV stars like today's episode with Jax Taylor, go check out the Daddy Issues archives and listen to our conversation with the king of reality TV, Mr. Andy Cohen, where we discuss everything from dad life to surrogacy to Parenting during a quarantine, Andy's coming out story, and so much more. When I came out, I wrote a letter to a friend and I left it out in the den and it had everything in it. And my mom thinks I left it there on purpose so she would find it. And she found it and then she came in my room and said, you have something to tell me. And I said, I think you already know. And she said, I want you to say the words to me, like you have to say it. So I said it and I started crying and she's crying. She said, you know, I probably would have hated your wife anyway. <laughs> what a great line. I mean, that I says everything about your mom right there in one sentence. That's how, I know. that's your mom. I know. Right? And you know what? She probably would have hated my wife. Right, my yeah. Wife probably would have hated her too. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break with more from today's guest, Jax Taylor. Well, let's talk about your dad for a sec, man. I know that relationship was extremely important and powerful to you. And, you know, just pontificate on him a little bit. Expand. Like, what kind of a man was he? You know, how are, how is, how are you a part of him? You know? Um, I think I am my father. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, my father was just a very, you know, we, I grew up in the 80s. Um, you know, in the Midwest values where you grew up in a neighborhood. You know, everybody had their garage door open and everybody knew everybody's name. Nobody locked their doors. You know, my dad was was my coach in hockey. He was the block captain of the neighborhood. Everybody loved my dad. He was a handsome guy, handyman. Um, never took a day off. He, he was, uh, uh, he worked at a car. He was worked at General Motors. Then he went to the, a car dealership. So he sold cars. I mean, he was just amazing at his job. Everybody loved him. Um, just so 
charismatic, so caring, um, didn't say much. He was one of those guys who didn't talk much, but when you, he did, you listened. He was very quiet. Uh, he got that from my sister because I, I got to talk to her from my mother. Uh, but other than was that, he a, he, was he affectionate? Uh, yeah, I guess he was affectionate. I guess he was mm-hmm. for a guy mm-hmm. to his son. Um, you know, but uh, my sister was a daddy's girl. I mean, I just had a really good father. I mean, he was like, you know, Tim Allen. I basically, he was Tim Allen. Just picture that kind of demographic is kind of like how mm-hmm. I grew up. And uh, mm-hmm. I had a great childhood, never went without, you know, I didn't know how dad, how hard my father worked until I got older, until I realized like, holy hell, this is, he really did work hard, you know? And, uh, but yeah, he was just an amazing man. And, and I get choked up because I miss him so much, especially right oh, now. With dude, my son. I, I have yeah. a son coming into the world and, you know, it's, you know, I, I think about him every day. You know, I, I was just talking about uh, this topic with a friend of mine whose dad just passed away. And I said, and, and I, this friend of mine was really close with his father. And I said, you know, how, how lucky are you that you can look at your relationship? And I don't feel like you have a lot of regrets. I, I, I know it's hard. It's hard that he's gone, but you didn't waste time when he was here. And, no. and I wonder for you, you know, do you look back and you think, there were things left unsaid. Do you look back and, and are you aware yeah. of how proud of you he was and vice versa? I mean, was that stuff out on the table? You know, I, I, I was constantly having to prove to my dad because my dad was not okay with me coming out to California. He doesn't agree with this lifestyle at all. And, and, uh, but he understands, he understands that, you know, college wasn't for me and I wanted, I needed to go out and explore the world on my own. But uh, I was actually on my way home to Florida. It was Christmas two days before Christmas. And I was actually calling my dad. I'm like, I'm on my way home. He was sick. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I hung up and I got a call a couple hours later that he died. No, so that, that was awful. I was actually, uh, I was actually on my way and we were in the car, my wife and I, with my, my in-laws behind me, we were on our way to the castle where we got married to, I was secretly going to book the castle, you know, for our wedding and actually pulling into the castle you know, the phone came over the speaker. My wife, I didn't think anything. It just said mom. And I hit it and my mom's bawling. And she's like, your dad's uh. dead. Your father's dead. And I'm like, oh my God, I stopped the car. I panicked. I got off on the freeway. Like I was just about to get off on the freeway. I pulled over. It was freezing outside. I just remember I threw my phone and I just collapsed to my wife and my in-laws or what's going on. It was a mess, mm. man. Oh. It was a mess. Mm. It was hard. God. But it, it, it so was it wasn't su- it, it, it was sudden, but not sudden. Meaning he was sick, yeah. but then it happened quickly. Is that sort yeah, of? Yeah, he had stage four esophageal cancer. But I don't think I, I look back now, though. I'm glad he's not around for all this that's going on in the world, the pandemic and the world mm-hmm. changing like this. I don't think it would have agreed with him. So I'm kind of I'm glad he's happy where he is. And yet you're you're about to welcome this boy into the world, and and that's the part that's, that's the part. just got to just got to eat you alive. Yeah. That's the part, you know, I got my son coming in the world and like, all I can think about is like, man, what would my dad think, you know? And mm-hmm. you know, my dad didn't see my wedding. He didn't see me propose. He didn't see any of this. So it all happened so quick. You know, he didn't see me buy my first home. You know, I was always living in an apartment. It was just the little things like that. When I, you know, the, my, the, my pride and joy is when I bought my dad, his the 73 Corvette, like mm. it, that was like, you know, I said one thing I, when I started making money, the first thing Did I you liked Hollywood do, then though, was he like, Hey man, <laughs> love that you're like, out there, buddy. You're yeah, crushing it. Man. Thanks for the Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, wait, you're not asking me for money anymore. Uh, yeah. Now you guys said, all right, stay out there. 
Um, but, but was there a shift, though? Meaning, like, he's like, dude, I, I'm, I don't agree with what you're doing. But after you actually proved yourself and you're making money, you're supporting your life, you know, and you're able to do your own do your own stuff. Was he then did he was he yeah. more accepting? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a dad. Like, dads are always going to have that. Well, I mean, it looks good on paper, but well, mm-hmm. I don't know. My dad was just very like, you know, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. That's mm-hmm. my dad's motto. You know, he's always, always make good choices. I have, he wrote that, um, everything he said, always make good choices. I got the tattoo of my dad. And so if he saw me not working hard, he's like, you're making all this money and all you're doing is this. Uh, it doesn't sound right. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, right. you know, he's like, he's like, yeah. I don't understand it. How are you making more money than all your cousins and nephews? who went to Michigan and got engineering degrees and doctor degrees. I go, I go, dad, that was never me. And he's just like, he's like, I'm just shocked. He's like, I'm shocked. He's like, you somehow cheated the system. <laughs> That's what he used to say. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Well, I, I wonder, though, as, as you now, you know, here you are with a totally different lifestyle than your dad showed you as, as your father. And now yeah. here you are about to become a dad for real. What What is your biggest fear? What is, what, what? If you weren't on edibles, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> what 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 is it that that worries you most about? Now, I'm I'm way I'm 12 years older than you. I've got three year old twin boys. I've got older daughters that are 24 and 21. It's a much different experience wow. raising kids now than it was 20 years ago. And now, as you talked about, I mean, this world is very different, and it, it it's, feels it's like brutal. it's a lot more frightening than when in the 80s or you know when when we were all kind of growing up. What, what is it that keeps you up at night with, with bringing a person into this world? Social media. God, Social media. I, I, I could not agree with you more. Social media. Like I said, he's coming into this world. He didn't sign up for this. He didn't sign up for, you know, and, and people are already coming at us and saying, that, I mean, it's just the way the world is. You just kind of have to let it go. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like, I, I'm turning into my dad. Now I understand why my dad was like how he was. I get it now. I understand. And yeah, I'm going to be such a protected dad, but the social media aspect and the bullying and the, I, I that to me, it just, it's, I see people taking their lives. It, it is a real thing. I'm 40 years old. I don't really let much bother me. I have thick skin. I've been on a show for nine years getting pelted left and right, but stuff does still bother you, you know? Stuff oh yeah. Is still, you know, yeah, you yeah, hate yeah. To, you can have a thousand great comments and have two negative ones, and those two negative ones will drive me nuts. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, no, but it, but you have such a unique view of it, I think, because social media. Part of the frustration is there's such a, a a fakeness to it, and and when you go on Instagram and everybody's filtering their pictures and everybody's presenting this life that is not real and not attainable. And now here you are as a re, quote unquote reality TV star where, yeah, you're living your life, but you've got producers and they're trying to create conflict. And, but this is reality TV. You have kind of the next level. Look at that where now you run into people on the street that think they know you and they think they have you uh, in a box, put it, well, there's, there's the hothead guy on Vanderpump rules. And, and that's not who you are. And, and right. now you add that to social media and then the nastiness that exists out there that I don't know what's going to turn the tide on that, but I feel like at some point it's got to swing back the other way. It, it has I, I to, hope. because I, you know, like it, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, I, I, I see, I go on social media and you read that. I mean, big celebrities, A-list celebrities, you know, go through it and, 
you know, and, and, and you think, gosh, nothing could possibly bother them, but it does. It does. It's like, I'm, I'm scared of it. I'm petrified. I don't know when I'm going to give my kids social media. I don't know when he's going to get an iPad. I don't know how I'm going to protect him from all these people because let's be honest, I, I was a pretty crazy, rambunctious, wild guy. So he's probably going to take heat from my past. So that's a huge reason why I, I, I'm so happy not to be part of Vanderpump Rules anymore because I want to set that aside and do something that I'm happy about, that I'm proud of, that I can make my son proud of me. Uh, stuff like that, you know? So uh, I just want to make sure that he knows that when I did this show, you know, I was being paid a lot of money and it was my job to stir the pot. It was my job to cause trouble. Would you, would you, would you say that you're misunderstood just in general? I think so. I think so. I think, I I think, um, you know, I don't think my wife would have married me. I don't think my friends would be my friends. I don't think anybody would talk to me if I was truly that person that you saw on TV. Do you give a shit though? Do you give a shit that people have that perception of you? Or do you want to, do you want to sort of, you know, clear your name in a way, or do you care? I I do care because I think, you know, I I don't, I would never blame, you know, the, the editing or the producing, but I just feel like there was some instances that were, you know, I was showed on TV and that really wasn't the real me or they, mm-hmm. you know, they needed, they needed me to look a certain way and they figured out how to do it. And, you know, and it was just a bummer because my wife and I looked like that's not how it happened. So yeah. So I, I, I think so, you know, and more for my son, I think I just want to make sure that he knows that his dad was just doing his job. You know? Yeah, dude, I, I hear your concerns with that. You know, I, I think that I have three kids, 13, 11 and seven you know, they're going to know you for you. They're going to see whatever you do and understand that this is what you needed to do to make your money. This is not who you are. He's going to feel that, man. Like, he's just going to know your love, know that you're dad. And when he watches that shit, say, yeah, daddy was out there, you know, making some some cash. I mean, you know, you know, and as far as social media goes, you know, I, I think that Joe, you said, will it ever be reversed, or will that, will have some sort of a respite from what what's happening? I don't think so, personally, because we are just in an evolution. We're all constantly evolving. Social media is going to be here forever. It's just about dealing with it now and and yeah. sort of understanding, communicating with your kids that hey, this is the new norm. And there's a lot of fucked up shit on social media, and I'm going to expose it to you right now so you're not shocked by it when it's all of a sudden in your face. I mean, that's sort of how I am with my kids. I'm like, look, you can have Instagram, you can have TikTok, but just understand that that this is a non-reality, okay? People are presenting themselves in a way that is almost fictional, Yes. And enjoy it as entertainment, but don't emulate this because this is not real. Question? Can I cut yeah. you off and ask you a question? Because I, I'm, when do you think the right time or the right age is to introduce social media iPads? I mean, this is a question for both you guys because you guys both have young children. I, I honestly think it's a it's a kid by kid basis. Honestly, I mean, that's what you'll that's what you'll learn too. You have one, you might have two, you might have three. They're all fucking different, man. You know, my first one is different from my second one, different from my third. Wilder, you know, is a little more sensitive. Bodie's got more, he's more feet on the ground. Like it's just different. You know, Wilder was good for social media whereas my younger daughter might not be. So right. I think again, you're, I think you're working off of instinct and intuition. Just get in tune with your kid and understand that you know it's it's a crazy social media world out there. And if you as a dad think, okay, yeah, you can handle it, 
You know, if you want to be a part of this thing, know that I'm going to monitor you. And if you fuck up with it, you're done. And, you know, if if, if something is happening that I'm not agreeing with, it's going to go away, you know. Uh, But again, you can't stop progress. You can't cut them off from the world completely. My kid got social media. He's 13. I think he got got social media at 11, 10 or 11. He wanted it. And I said, no, you can't have it. He wrote me a five-paragraph essay, which he does not do. (laughs) He's not not an academic. He wrote me (laughs) an introductory statement, three paragraphs, and a conclusion on as to why he should have Instagram and how he's going to be responsible for it. Unsolicited. I didn't ask him to do it. That's I read it. Dude, I read it. And I'm like, hey, you just earned it. Like, I, I really love that you took the initiative to do this. And boom, you can have it. He has not abused it one time. He's not obsessed with it in any way. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's been good. That's the part that I think's the scariest is the obsession with it. And the heads down, disconnected from everybody at a dinner table, disconnected from everybody in the car. The best time, that, that's why I would say to you, Jax, when you think of where your son will be in 10 years, if I go back and I think of my daughters when they were 9, 10, 11 years old, this wasn't even on the radar. So right. how things change every 10 years, I mean, to think of where we will be with all this stuff, who knows oh, yeah. what's going to be presented to your son. I'm scared. And I'm scared. It, it, I'm it should scare you. But, scared. I, <laughs> but I think it's the obsession. I think that's a great word, and I think, Oliver, that you recognize that Wilder's not obsessed with it is if it can be left in its proper place and looked at in its proper perspective, then I think it it works. But but you know, for my it's older balance. daughters, it's it balance, is balance. It's balance. I literally had this conversation with my two boys last night because they're into Minecraft right now and they're on their fucking computers all the time and and they're buried in it. And I'm like, okay, this is the world we live in, but there's balance. Tomorrow you're you're off of it and get outside. Go skateboard, dude. Go get yes. on your motorcycles. Go fucking into the woods. I have a trailer, a thirty three foot trailer. I camp. We get out there. We 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 get out in in nature. Balance. That's for me. That's what it is. Do you set aside times for playing video games? You say, hey, here's a slot. They have time slots. Yeah, or I got to do whatever. No, I have a, I have a little, you know, sort of system that I system. use that, yeah. it, 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 you know, it's like when they're in school, it's all remote now. So there's nothing. You can't do shit while you're in school. Once you finish, you got to go outside. And then once your homework is done, whenever the hell it is that you want to do that, then you can get onto your computer and start playing a little bit. You know, I, I got a little bit of a nightmare story. If I can tell you guys really quick. So my my uh, my aunt was telling me she's having some issues with her niece because her niece is younger and she's in junior high and these kids now this is what this is what she told me these kids at school these girls um are wearing different color bracelets Mm. and depending on the color these girls wear that's what they do sexually oh god i like and she's like this is in texas and this is this is this is why i'm scared i think that parents I'm just generalizing are too afraid to have these conversations with their kids at an early age. Right. Yeah. I disagree with that. I I say, talk about it now. My daughter's seven. When she starts, if this shit starts to happen, I'll say, Hey, look, here's what's happening. These kids are wearing bracelets right now. Every color represents something sexually. Be aware of this. Okay. And don't be, this is not, don't be a part of this. This is not what makes you cool. 
make them aware of it. You know, I just had this situation with my son because on Snapchat right now, you know, there are drug dealers out there who are pushing weed that is laced with fentanyl. My kid's 13 years old. And I said to him, I said, hey, you know, this is the reality out there. If you have any interest in weed or anything like that, you come to me and you talk about it. Because That's how my mom did it. This That's is what the deal. This is the deal, man. You know, I'm cool. All right. You can talk to me about this stuff. Right. Right. Don't go think that you need to go sneak and do that shit. I right. have that, better that, weed than they have. <laughs> So come to me. <laughs> I got that's how my mom was with me. And I was trying to figure out how when it comes to punishment, I was trying to figure out I, I go, I we had an open door policy at my house. And my mom smoking cigarettes was the big thing when I was a kid when kids were doing it. And my mom said, Listen, you want to smoke cigarettes? I'll buy them for me. You smoke them right in front of me, and you can smoke a cigarette. I have no problem. There'll be no punishment. So if any anything that came in, if I brought it to the table, there was no punishment. There was no talk. If you were honest and open, they would mm. give their opinion. And that's kind of like, I kind of want to raise my kids like that. Like yeah, I was going to say, how can that not work in 2021 or any year? That brilliant. I mean, that that's what you go with. That's, yeah, that's what I you also, lean on. I also had, like I said, I grew up in an extremely conservative town. And I also had friends with dads who were just like, if you even mess up once, I'm going to backhand your ass. Like, so mm-hmm. we didn't, you know what I'm saying? So we were very strict. Parents were strict in the 80s, man. They didn't yeah, do that. A lot dude. of them were, there was no open door policy. It's like, if you do this, you're going to a uh, home. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There was Military no, Academy. Yeah. Yeah. That's how yeah. Some of my friends had it. They were petrified to go to their parents if they screwed up and then they run away and they do other stuff and the just, world just keeps going like that. So there can't be any upside to that. Nah, but it's funny because we're living in a different world now. And I think there's a balance because I do think that we have moved into more into too much of a coddle culture as well. Where we do not discipline our kids. There are no boundaries. They crave that shit. They want structure. Uh, Unconsciously, they want structure. They don't know it, but they need it. So I, I think that's important. But at the same time, communication now needs to be more at the forefront. So I think there needs to be that balance of, of, of discipline, of setting boundaries and rules, but also opening the door for communication and saying, hey, if you come tell me the truth, I'm not going to get upset with you because you're just being upfront. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. You know, I'm not yeah. going to punish you if you come to me and say, hey, dad, I, you know, I, I, I'm 14. I was for whatever. He's 14. I smoked a joint and I feel a little panicky. I'm like, okay, dude, I'll come help you, you know, right. rather than hide that shit. And then who knows what can happen. And hold them accountable. Give them some responsibility. Say, hey, listen, I'm going to give this. I'm going to. That's kind of what my dad did too. Hey, I'm going to leave this one up to you. You make the right decision. That way you kind of feel like, okay, I'm starting to feel like an adult a little bit. And I'm kind of like, my parents are giving me a choice. Well, I mean, when you think of the, of the example you said from Texas, unless those girls are aliens or their parents are just the worst parents, most checked out people in the history of time, those girls somewhere down deep know that them putting on those bracelets is wrong. They have to know how that makes them look. And, yeah. and if... If they don't, then they haven't been taught one thing by <laughs> anybody in authority or their parents or their mom or their dad. I mean, if that happened with my daughters, and, and I, I can honestly sit here and say, I just know it wouldn't. It, it's, that, that, that gets down to the individual household and how you're raising your kids. And I guarantee you, if you do yeah. it right, your kids aren't wearing those bracelets. And they'll right. go home mm-hmm. and talk about the kids that's wearing the bracelets and know that, by the way, half that's bullshit anyway, because they're not doing half the stuff that they say they're doing. It's just to look cool 
And if they are, then they are in another category. If the, if the, I don't know how old these kids are. No, but I'm if, not saying she was doing it. My cousin was. This is no, no, no. Exactly yeah, no, I got she it. Came I got it. Mom, yeah. And she was like, Mom, you're not going to believe yeah. this. These girls yeah. are wearing well, these bracelets. Well, good. Well, there you go. Yeah. That should be the reaction. Like, you're yeah. not going to believe what's going yeah. on at school. I mean, the point, the point of all that was it's just it scares the shit out of me. The knowing that, like, you know, one of these days I'm going to have to let my kid go to school and I can't be there and I can't protect him. You know, that that part scares me, but that's just life. Kids got to grow up. You'll get it all. Everything you put in, you're going to get out. I guarantee you that's the way it works. Oliver's a great dad. He does it in a different way than I did it. But if you put the time in and you have an open, communicative, real relationship with your kids, you will get back what you put in and they will have the right kind of moral compass to to navigate through situations when you're not there. That That's... That's how I was as a kid. That's how you were. That's how Oliver was. You find your way through, and it, it's it's what you it's how you learned uh, to to sidestep a lot of these crazy pitfalls that are out there. If you're enjoying this episode of Dad Issues, don't keep it to yourself. All right, share the love. Tell a friend about Dad Issues. Go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss the rest of our conversation with Jax Taylor coming up right after this short break. Do you think you're going to take a lot of what your dad gave you or how he raised you and implement that into into how you raise your kids? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, my parents were a little ahead of their times when it came. My mom kind of had to help my dad a little bit more, but my mom was a little bit more you know, a little bit more free spirited, you know, a little mm-hmm. more. Uh, uh, and she kind of was just like, you know, when my dad would lay down the law and she'd be like, okay, hold on, let me, let me ease him up a little bit. But my mom, yeah, I'm going to raise my kid just how my parents did it. I think they did the right way. We had a great childhood. We loved being home. We loved our mom and dad. My parents were still together to the very end. You know, we went camping on the weekends. We got, you know, we had a really just normal childhood. So there was no reason to rebel and smoke cigarettes and go get drunk when you're not supposed to. And there was no reason for that because like I I wasn't involved in too many sports and I didn't want to screw any of that up. I, I, you know, I got in trouble one time and that my dad took away hockey, which is my life. And I, I, Mm -hmm. I've never screwed up again after that, (laughs) as far as my school grades went. And uh, yeah. So, which is another thing that Oliver talks about, which is following through. I mean, you got to follow through on whatever you say is going to be the repercussions of the punishment. You have to deliver it. And if you don't, then anything you say carries absolutely no weight. That's Mm -hmm. the problem I have because I'm, I'm the stern guy. My beautiful wife, on the other hand, is kind of like, oh, it's okay. You know, right. it's this, that. Like, and yeah, Joe, Joe can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll I'm in the same situation. Well, I'll put my foot. I mean, I don't even have a child right now. And, you know, you have you'll go have conversations with your wife and be like, no. And she'll ask my opinion on something. And I say, no, we're not. I, I appreciate it if we don't do that. And then, you know, not all the time, but it'll go behind my back and do this. Like, what's the point of even asking me if you're just going to do it anyway? Well, like, honestly... Right. Honestly, you talk about your kids and you worry about sort of, you know, how they're going to grow up in this day and age and, and, and you'll figure that out and you got a ways, you know, you got a ways to go and you're yeah. going to rely on your instincts. But, but on the flip side of this, it's also about you and your wife and making sure that relationship is sound. And that yeah. even if you do disagree on how to do things, you find common ground, you know what right. I mean? Because that can fuck up a relationship as well, where it's like, no, no, no this is the way I want to parent. And she's like, well, this isn't the way that I do it. Yeah, you know, you gotta, gotta find you a gotta, find a balance. You gotta find a balance for sure yeah. with that. That's big. 
you know. Did you you ended up with Britney, but that that was that was basically a result of the show, correct? God, funny story. I was I was single and I went with Sheena, who's on the show, and it was her birthday in Vegas. So we went to Vegas. I went a day early because I wanted to go see a band play. And um, we were in this bar. I think it was the Golden Nuggets. We're in the Golden Nugget. And uh, Brittany, I was on a date. This is a funny story. I love telling a story. So I was actually on a date with another girl. I, I planned it. That, that's why I went early. I went early because I went on a date with another girl. So I was at the bar. My friends were all at the bar. I was at the table. Brittany walks by in the Southern Kentucky accent. And I would just turn my head so obviously I'm like, who is that? And she, I see her talking to my friends. So I waited till the girl that I was on a date with went to the bathroom, went and got her number. <laughs> went and got her number. And I go, I really can't hang out and talk, but can I get your number? I'm actually on a date. I know this is whatever. This is terrible. She's ended up giving me her number. She didn't watch the show. She didn't know who I was. Her mother did. Um, and, and then I called her the next night in Vegas and we haven't left each other since. Wow. Yeah. She moved in like, Three weeks later. Vegas has a way, man. Vegas has a way. That's where my it wife did. and I sort of fell in love. We were friends for about a year and a half because I had a girlfriend and then she had a boyfriend and it just didn't kind of work out, you know, but we remained friendly or, you know, a lot of sexual tension friends. And then in Vegas, it all sort of came together at Caesars Palace on Super Bowl weekend. And we spent the weekend there with a bunch of friends. And uh, that was that. Vegas yeah, she was, was the catalyst. <laughs> it is. She was actually coming in Vegas for two nights. She was just coming in because she was going through a breakup of her own. So it kind of just worked out. It worked out. So, so that yeah. that relationship, you feel how, how how has that nest been put together? You feel good? You feel you both feel ready? I mean, this this is imminent. Like we're talking about within two weeks, right? You're gonna yeah, have this I, baby. We thought it was last night, to be honest. <laughs> she was having mm. some serious serious. I mean, she's at the Braxton point now Hicks. where she 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 pretty much hates me right now. So <laughs> she can barely move. She's waddling through the house. You know, she's constantly in pain. Towards the end, it's just everything. It's all squished in her. You know, her lungs and everything are all up here, and she's hot, yeah, and cold. It's gnarly. This is the worst time. Is at the end. You know, it's yeah. just. It's like that's when it gets bad. It's yeah, like, I oh, mean, God. can you can you and I, Oliver, cannot describe that feeling of what it's like when that baby is born. It, oh, it, I, I don't. You and I have never talked about it, but I could no, not no, stop. Cr- I, good, I could not stop crying. Yeah, talk to my dad who was doing games for me in my in place of me, and and it is. I I, I started talking to him, and I just it, you can't hold it in. I couldn't hold it in, and it's just the most beautiful moment in, in something you tearing that you up already. <laughs> never ever forget, mm-hmm. and it's just like in that second, your entire existence has changed yeah yeah it's not about us anymore it's not about you anymore we didn't find out with our kids the the gender so you know when wilder first when wilder came out and it was a boy you know of course leading up to it i I don't care I'll, i'll take whatever i just want healthy happy which of course is the truth but i did I did care. I wanted a boy first. I just did. Yeah. I wanted a boy first. I wanted to get him out of the way, and then I'll have 17 <laughs> girls. You know what I mean? Right. I just wanted to get that boy out. So when he came out, I mean, I still have the video. My voice goes like eight octaves high. I'm like, it's a boy. Oh, I got a freaking out. But I will say this. Um, this idea of love at first sight, it can happen, okay? But for you and, and just for whoever's listening – 
don't feel obligated to feel that because I didn't. It's fucking gnarly. The whole experience for me personally was insane. The, the, the beauty of life is insane. But that love at first sight, it took me a second because I was just like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. And it takes a minute to sort of, for me to, to just like really sink into what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It I, was. I, you know, my friends, like my, my, a couple of people on the show have given birth already. We had Stasi already gave birth to her kid and Lala had her baby and we're next. And then Sheena's after us. So, um, I, I, you know, everybody's like when he grabs your finger for the first time and, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you're responsible for this human being now. And it's just, it's a, I, I can't wait. I, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait till he gets here. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, we're, we're overprepared. I mean, the car has been packed for two weeks, the mm-hmm. stroller, everything's ready. I don't know how you did it. Not knowing the sex that would, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, how do you get your baby room ready and your clothes and all that? Yeah. Already? Neutral. You know, it's like you go neutral. Yeah, you go yeah. neutral. I we, we were just like it's the last great sort of secret, you know. I got this you. World. No, I got everything you. else is exposed now. We know everything now. No, tons of and respect for that. I just been you doing. Know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, well, especially it was, every it time, every time I I, I turn on a news channel, somebody's like having some catastrophic event at a gender reveal party. So <laughs> uh, I think it's probably at least safer to wait until uh, the baby is born with with these crazy. We're gonna outdo our friends with a gender reveal party. We're gonna. You know, yeah, and like explode. spark wildfires, and, right? Yeah. You know, oh my god! Scar people. I know. <laughs> the whole way, the whole forest went up, and it's blue on top. We're having a boy. It's, uh, I, you it's know what nuts. I can't get over is is the is the parties <laughs> and the gift and like okay, there's a there's the bridal shower or the baby shower. Uh, that, oh. Wait, there's that. Wait, the the pregnant. There's like multi. I can't yeah. remember brain fire. Yeah. Then I have to get a push present, which I've never heard of that in my life. A push mm-hmm. present. A present mm-hmm. for giving birth. Okay. And then yeah. there's, you know, and then there's a, a sip and see. I've never heard of a sip and see. So sip and see is when the baby's born, you have people over to your house to see the baby. That's another party. Yeah. Like, What's Jesus. it called? A sip, a sip and, see? and see. So it's when wow. your friends and family come over to have see like the baby. Have like a glass of wine or whatever. Yeah. Like the, yeah. yeah. Champagne. Or- it's just yeah. another reason to drink and for other you know, people to get out of their houses and away from their own kids. I don't want to come see house. your kid. I don't no. like people. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want them touching, especially now. Like I, no. I like the last no, thing, I'm... some fragile little baby, and you don't know what somebody's bringing into your door. Like I, I don't touch my kid. Let let him build up his immune system before. Yeah, all yeah. Over. Well, I was pre- obviously before the COVID thing hit, but that was just another event. And getting back to the reveal, we did the um, the die in the pool. Yeah. That was the safest way. You know, you turn around, you put the dye in the filter <laughs> in the pool. Yeah, yeah that is blue. safe. It, but but does that prove that, that there's actually a dye out there that if you pee in somebody's pool, it, it turns a different color? Well, you should have had everybody by, by way, pee in that's a pool. A, that's a great gender reveal party where everyone goes in the pool and pees at the same time. Yes. And it's oh my pink God, it's blue. pink. Right. <laughs> What's her name going to be? And clean my pool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. So yeah. let me ask you when as you look back on this chapter of your life, 8 years on this show, I don't know where the name Jax came from. I know that's not your real name. Were you Jax before the show? I turned Jax, oh, my my father's rolling over in his grave. I turned Jax in 2001. Okay. Okay, so the story behind that is I got into the modeling game 
Um, you know, when I was in, after I, after I came, I didn't want to go to college. I went to college for two years. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. My dad's like, you don't go to school. You're not living here. So I went in the military for a little while, got out of the military, came home. And I said, okay, now what? <laughs> so um, I, I think I was shopping in the grocery store. Uh, and somebody came up to my mom and would you be interested in, in your son modeling? And I'm like, no, I'm not into that. Again, this was a long time ago. And then they were like, Hey, we'll give him, you know, here's a job for Kmart. We'll give him a thousand bucks. And at, two, at 21, I was like, I don't even have a job. Like, oh, thousand dollars. Take my picture for Kmart. I'm in sign me up. So things started going really well. And then they're like, well, you should go to Chicago. You're doing really well here in Michigan, a small market, go to Chicago and start hitting the bigger markets. So I got to a really big modeling agency, Ford models picked me up. And they said, hey, listen, we have a lot of Jasons and your last name is Couchy. It doesn't really flow together. Can we can we switch up your name? What's your mom's maiden name? Taylor. OK, we'll take that. And then we I don't know how Jax came about. I think it's we just took the S out of Jason and put an X in there. That's how you got it. So that's kind of how it went. I mean, it's kind of the Hollywood way. I mean, like Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, those aren't their oh, names. Oh, yes. No, but so for sure. Just, but I was just, just going to say, if, if that eight-year chapter is something you'd kind of like to leave behind, do you, yes. leave, you, do you leave the Jacks with it, or you've built up too much in the name Jacks to kind of Well, I think I've built up too much in the name Jacks Taylor. My son is going to have my legal last name, Couchy. Um but yeah, my family doesn't call me Jax. My they refuse to call. My sister won't call me that. They're the only ones. They're the only ones <laughs> that like, don't call fuck me. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, they're, like, they're like, who, changing your name. You got to remember, my Midwest Midwest family is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> my dad and that. You imagine again, my conservative father just like, you know, shaking uh, his head. He's like, what? Jason's not good enough for you. My name's not good enough. <laughs> I'm right. like, dad. It's it's a business. It's easy when the when the producers and they. When you're going on auditions, it's easy for them to remember Jax Taylor. It sounds like an actor. It's just better. He didn't understand that. Are you going to work your dad's name into your kid's name? No, that's not. That's not going to be not, his name. It's not being handed down. No, but the but uh, his last name. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. I can't believe we've gone an hour. Um, uh, I could do this all day. I, I love it. I, it's fun, man. <laughs> it's, I know it's, it's, it's fun. It, it's been really fun talking to you. I, I, I gotta I get think into this, this podcast is, world. I love it. You're it's the fun. only human walking the planet that doesn't have I, one. Everyone's on. I know right now. that's the reason because I feel like everybody has one, you know. And I just like you know what I'm trying to figure out what I would do. I really, you know, I went on uh, Randall and Lala's podcast and they kind of had the dads on there. I kind of like the the new dad kind of aspect of it. Yeah, like going great. talking about new dad stuff that because like again, I'm I don't understand millennials. I don't understand their verbiage. I need help. You know, so I think dads mm-hmm. coming together That's with cool. dads with different kids coming together and talking about, well, my kid's 10, he's going through this. Well, my kid's five, he's going through this. Well, I have a newborn. I'd like to like bounce stuff off people and maybe get some mm-hmm. ideas and something like That's that. Great. I- I like you know, that. I don't know. I think that's cool. I, I think I, I think you have a really great opportunity, honestly, for the next half of your life, man. Because you were set up as one thing, you know. You helped perpetuate it because you had a paycheck, right? You had to right. sort of feed into that. Yeah. And now, just from just from a human standpoint in your personal life, but also moving forward in this entertainment business, I think you have a real opportunity to sort of show who you really are. And and I, I think. That's pretty exciting for the next chapter of your life. And I and just my two cents is whether it's a podcast, whether it's a new show, that should be the focus. You know what I mean? It's like, this is who I really am. This is what I really care about. These are my values. You know, this is my heart. 
What you right. saw was was my bravado, you know. And now I want you to know who I am. The Jax Taylor that existed on the show, it wouldn't work in this day and age. I kind of got mm -hmm. out at the right time. I kind of, you know, if this would have happened in like season one, I would be screwed because my character doesn't work anymore in today's in today's reality mm -hmm. world. It's too hard. You're going to offend somebody. Um, I, I actually got in and got out at the right time. And I, like you mm -hmm. said, I'm excited to go further and like to be who I really am, you know, a fun, outgoing guy that's exploring fatherhood and trying to figure out what my next step is. I turned 40. So I call it the back nine of my life now mm -hmm. trying to figure out the back nine of my life and trying to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, now I'm going to do what I want to do because I did build a platform and I, I have something there. And, you know, like I said, I, I would like to go to bed without stressing out. Do you, do you have any regret? Do you have any regrets? You know what I mean? Do you have any regrets? Well, of course, of course. Lots of them. What Lots of them. You do. Because look, look, I, I was never a perfect dude, but it made it made me who I am. It made my relationship. It made me a better man, made me a better husband. I had to reflect. I had to go inside. I had to actually go seek help. I had to go do shit to make myself who I am today. And I love who I am today. But without all of those bad decisions, without all of the quote unquote regrets, I wouldn't I wouldn't be me. You know what I mean? You know, it all started. I it all when I came to Hollywood. You know that song, "Blinded by the Light." It, I came to Hollywood at a young age, and you know, I was a small fish in a big pond, and I'm trying to make a name for myself. Constantly telling people stories, things that weren't true. Trying to be accepted with my peers. Trying to live out of my means. That I wish I would have took back because I was just trying to be accepted. I like. I feel like I wasn't. I couldn't get involved in a conversation if I didn't say I was doing this, or if I wasn't doing this, or if I wasn't you know, stretching the truth here. I wish I could take a lot of that back because there was a lot of bullshit I said. And, and just to, just to get to the top, not to get too psychological here, but why do you think though, that you, th that you needed to get to the top? What is it apart? What, what's your personality or what, what is it about you? Like I need to fucking do everything that I can to make it. Where does that come from? Who, who are you trying to wanna, prove that to? You I know what I mean? Prove to everybody else that, that went to school and has got the nine to five and has the picket fence and everybody else that I could do this too. And I can do it better right. without with going to college. And I just right. constantly and to like your I dad, to, right? I mean, I, you had to yeah. prove it to your dad. Yeah. Did I had you to ever prove feel that? Dad. Did you feel like I, you had to prove, did you feel that? Like, did you, that you had to prove to your dad that you can a little it? bit and it wasn't his fault by any means, but I constantly felt mm. like, you know, I'm sending in my pay stubs. I used to send my dad, my pay stubs, you know, mm -hmm. just to prove that I'm making money. I promise you. Like, I just felt like I was constantly, but then again, because because I was telling so much bullshit, there were so many lies I was caught in that I was having to live up to those lies. It, mm -hmm. it, it was just tough. It was tough. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality show did make it easier. I'm very fortunate to be on that show. I was very successful on it. And I made a great living. But mm -hmm. man, it took a toll on my mental health. It took a toll yeah. on my mental health. I can't tell you. I cannot <clears throat> tell you. And I'm getting emotional right now. How happy I am not to be part of that show anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I just, it's a weight that it's a weight that's lifted off me that I don't have to be that person. And there's no pressure to like put on a good show so I get a paycheck on Friday. There's no pressure. Do you feel like you've crawled out of that hole or you're still yeah. crawling out? You're still yeah, crawling? I think, I'm, I, think I'm, I, I, I crawled out of it. I can see the hole. But I tell you what, I'm just a happier, I'm just a happier human. I, I couldn't go back into that type of world that I dug myself, by the way. I'm not mm -hmm. blaming sure. the show. I dug it myself. But I dug it so deep that I just couldn't get out at times. And, mm -hmm. you know, I painted a picture of myself that wasn't a hundred percent true and it just, I paid for it. Yeah. 
Well, dude, it sounds like you're on the right path. You got your head yeah, on no, straight. I hate you gotta, to be a Debbie Downer. but it, No, it, it, no, that, this is what's fucking great shit. You know why? Because people can listen to this, hopefully, get a different perspective on who you are, who you want to be. You know, it, you have real insight as to who you were as well. And now you're ready to sort of turn, turn the page and, and create something new. And you've got a baby on the way, and that changes the shit out of you. You yeah. sounds like you've grown up, you've matured, you're ready to start the new chapter. So... I mean, yeah. I like good uh, shit. when you put it that way. It sounds better. I, 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 I hate to sound like such a negative person. <laughs> no, but it, but think of it as more of an awakening. I guess I had to go through this shit to actually discover who I really am and my 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 soul, you know, and who I want to be moving forward. I mean, that's, oh, I, that's I, how, you know, grinding and sleeping on people's couches and doing that. I wouldn't change that. That taught me how 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 it used to be, how it could be. It taught me, you know humbleness it taught me how you know i worked my ass off it didn't just hand to me i was in hollywood for 10 years before waiting tables busing tables and modeling and doing this trying to just scrape money together just to get by this expensive town and then you know and then i got the show but yeah i would never change any of that grind that i had to go through i look back now and be like god i i I did some mm-hmm. things for jobs where, like I would go drive to San Diego to make $300 or, mm-hmm. you know, it just stuff I did made no sense, but I did it just to get by. And uh, but, I would change it, any of that. That taught me t- so it, much. It took a lady with little tiny poodle dogs and a husband that looks like a fake Robert Plant to change <laughs> your entire life. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Well, I appreciate her for giving the us the opportunity, but we kept the show going. <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> make that very clear. Yes, no, I think it is very clear. Uh, you said the the song "Blinded by the Light." I, I still have never known the second line. Wrapped up the, like a douche. No, <laughs> no. I looked it up. No, blinded by the light, revved right. up like a deuce. Another deuce. runner yeah. in the night. But it, yeah. for for everybody's lifetime, it's always been wrapped up like a douche. That's no, what I thought it was. <laughs> it's wrapped up like a douche. Another Joker in the night. That's that was me in, in my twenties in Hollywood. Hundred percent. That's perfect. That's the, like I should be on the CD. I should be on the CD record cover. <laughs> Wrapped we'll up just, like a douche. We will just we will uh, superimpose your face in Manfred Mann's Earth Band. I, I don't but, just but, looking at the cover of that album. I'm not certain you're going to fit in with their look. Re- <laughs> right, it's revved up like a deuce. Deuce right? like Ace Deuce. Yeah, yeah. Revved up like up a deuce. Like a another deuce. runner in the night. Right, so it's like the guy's taking a dump. Like he's got to take a huge dump. So he's revved up like a deuce, but it turns yes. into diarrhea. Yes. Another runner in the night. That's Verse the- one, madman, drummers, bummers, Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat. I mean, th- what? Let's do, we'll do, we'll call ours the Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Weird Al Yankovic version. Yes. Uh, yeah. Another one rides the bus by, uh, right? I mean, I can, the, some of those titles were just genius. Yeah, yeah. I know. Weird another Al. Another one. Um, all right. Well, Jax, we ask one last question. Sure. Pertaining to sort of, you know, your dad, what you have taken from him and, 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 you know, from a DNA standpoint, and it's sort of a two-parter, you know, what is that, what is the one thing that you have inherited that is just a part of you, uh, from your father that you, 
good looks. are proud of and want to exemplify, <laughs> right? Moving forward, it could be that. And then um, what is the what? What is the? But then on the flip side, what is that thing that is in your DNA that you wish just wasn't there? You know, like fuck, man. I I have this is my dad, and I love him, but damn it, patience. Never got him. Patience, short fuse. I got that from my yeah. dad. I can't yeah. change that for the life of me. I wish I could. I wish things mm-hmm. didn't bother me as much as they do. Um, I let little things set me off and I need to learn. I, 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 I try so hard to not let things bother me. I try like, especially little things, you know, I could have a great day. And then if I see something somewhere, it could just set me off. And it's just, I wish I could just learn to be like, that's where the weed comes in. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could just learn just to be like, it's not that big of a deal. Life will go on. You know, it, you know, don't let it ruin your day. Um, and I let things ruin my day. I wish I could change that. Um, you know, what I got from my father besides his devilish good looks. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his humility. Humility. <laughs> humility. <laughs> you know, uh, my, dad, my dad is a caring, thoughtful. He's a huge giver. And he's, and he's a hard worker. And I got all that. I'm an extremely mm-hmm. hard worker. Like I said, I grind. I always have my hand in like 25 different pots because I always like things going. And what can we do? And what, what can we make work now? I, I, he was like that. Uh, he's a good family man, and I know I'll be that. Um, a good. And father. what do you hope that what What do you hope that your kid takes from you, and what do you hope that he does not take from you? A lot that he'd hope he doesn't take from me. But I, what I hope he takes from me is I, I just want to teach him like like just humbleness, being a mm-hmm. good person. I just being a good person, doing the right thing, making good choices. That's it. Well, dude, thank you, man. Well, I just like to say, first of all, before you sign, before you guys sign off, I don't know if your view, how many of your viewers listen to me or watch me or fans of me. I just want to say, I appreciate everybody out there. Um, I hope they got a little bit from this. Um, You know, Brittany and I aren't going anywhere. We will be back, but we just really appreciate the support. And I hope you got a little information, a little background about me and um, yeah, you guys continue to support. We, like I said, Brittany and I really appreciate it. We're excited to be parents and we're excited for everybody to follow along on our journey. Thanks, man. Thanks for being so open, and thanks for coming on. And uh, it, it was fun. It was, it was an hour plus. I mean, that that flew by. That's a, yeah, that's a good sign. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, Jax, you guys for man. having me. I appreciate it. I want to spend an I... hour in your garage sometime. Anytime. Uh, through cool. all that. Anytime. <laughs> all right. All, all right. right. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Take care. Did, so you... Ollie, you thought that you thought it was douche too. Revved up like a douche, another runner in the night. Wrapped up like a douche, a douche another, another joker in the night. No. And you yeah. got mad at me. This is the first time you've ever gotten mad at me on the show. What did I? How did I get mad at you? When you're like, oh, it's Joe rubbing it in my face that, that oh. I, they didn't pick up my show. I wasn't rubbing it in your face. <laughs> dick. a little I, bit no i was not it's fine dude you you know you, you've got you're making a ton of money you got stability and you can just fucking needle me it's all good don't worry about it that, that wasn't what happened i that was joe you could never offend me dude i would never actually get mad i mean you know okay. i'm just putting on a show okay just fucking put it's all for show, entertainment man. sick you're 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 hot-headed you got snappy is snippy at me it's okay i like it yeah i'm just trying to trying to get another job you know if the goofy funny thing doesn't work maybe if people can see me as like sort of an angry asshole that maybe maybe they'll hire me as that. i think you should go back in time and redo your role on rules of engagement as like an angry bitter <laughs> asshole <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe just go to th- on like Third Street Promenade and just you know reenact the entire series. <laughs> just with, with a hire ha- people to. Uh, this yeah. guy's today. The role of David Spade is going to be played by <laughs> this guy by, who's talking to this pigeons. Guy. Who's talking <laughs> to pigeons? And uh, we've got Patrick Warburton is going to be played by the hot dog vendor, and right on down the line. Hey, if that as long as there's some money that gets put in my hat, I'll okay. be okay. Yeah, what okay. okay. I'll do it. Uh, that was fun. Uh, that was long. I, I that was great. That was awesome, dude. I, you know, that was that was great. I I uh, I feel for him. You know, I mean. He makes you make choices, you make decisions, you know, you, you put yourself out there, you're playing a character, a caricature, you know, a heightened version of yourself. And he gets it, like, you know, you can get hammered. And now he's got an opportunity to sort of turn it around, or at least, you know, if he wants to change his perception, you know, then but, or change the perception of him. He has that he has that, that he has the chance to do that. That's reality TV. That's what drives me nuts when I'm when Michelle's watching Real Housewives of X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z, every city in North America, and and she's into it and she's working, and I'm listening to people just screaming and yelling at each other. It's like this is all nobody lives like that. We're you know we're mm-hmm. gonna we're all gonna go to a winery, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. pigs are gonna be let loose, and uh, they're gonna run muddy through the room, right, and then everybody's right. gonna throw stuff at each other. And okay, <laughs> that that's so real. Yeah, right. Got like, it. Wait a minute. Oh, and not right. Like this, this doesn't seem like like it can don't happen. put one of those shows in a time capsule so that whenever the next like 10 generations from now they're looking back that represents life in 2020 oh well too late there man that's where that's where we are okay that's where we are um Um, all right right. go do your estate planning and and come up with something good yeah yeah i'm gonna leave you something really good i'm gonna leave you something really good hopefully you'll (laughs) never never see it you know what i mean like I feel like I've just jinxed myself on my life. So hopefully. I'd like to think the universe uh, works in a little bit more stabilizing factors than <laughs> you mentioning this on daddy issues. And then you walk out of your, you know, you get, get hit, hit by, by the garage car. door. The garage door comes down on top of you. And I'm like, oh my God, we shouldn't have All talked right. about that. All but right. I wonder what well, he left me. Well, yeah, it's going to be exciting. No, it won't. It won't be exciting. You'll never know. But I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you on the next show what it is. Oh, okay. I'll leave you um, something. You can have the. Uh, you can have my right-handed golf clubs. Great. Can't wait. Uh, All right, Joe. All right, buddy. I'll uh, talk to you. Yes, sir. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Bach, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger. Daddy Issues.